All right. Well, we're so glad to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. It's awesome to have you. And uh, everybody who's us online, it is great that you're with us. Uh, we are excited today to open up the Word of God. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, would you open it up with me to Hebrews 10, verse 19. We're going to be in Hebrews today. And while you're turning there, just to remind you where you've been or if you're new with us today, we have been in a life-changing study of the book of Hebrews. And our, our theme, our tag is Jesus is better. He's better than anything or everything we could think of. And just want to thank Scott, who did a great job last week telling us that Jesus is the better sacrifice. Um, and, and I just want to remind you, as, as you're headed over to Hebrews 10, Hebrews is a letter that's written to Jewish Christians. So this is written to Jewish believers who are walking with Jesus. They're experiencing the joy of salvation. And then suddenly, it gets hard. And they're ready to quit. They're ready to walk away from their faith in Jesus. I don't know if you've ever been going through life and, and suddenly it got hard and you got ready to quit. Um, anybody, you know, show of hands, anybody ever want to quit, resign, walk away, I'm done, I'm out of here, you know, like we've all had that experience, right? I remember first grade, <laughs> little Brian, that's right. Uh, all my friends were playing soccer. Do we have any soccer, soccer people in the room today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, soccer. So uh, my friends were playing soccer, and I thought, you know what? I want to play soccer, too. I went home. And I said, Mom, all my friends are playing soccer. i got to play soccer. She was, you know, being a good mom. She's like, okay, I'll sign you up. She gets me signed up, go to the store, you know, get the, the shin guards, get some soccer balls. I get my soccer cleats. I'm so excited. I'm pretty sure I wore my cleats to school, which is kind of awkward. It's like click, 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 click. Didn't matter. I was excited. We had some practices, you know, just kind of getting, getting into the, the rhythm. And then suddenly it, it's time for our very first game. And, and this is my first soccer game ever in my life. And my parents show up, my grandparents, everybody's really excited. And uh, I find out, guess who the starting goalie is going to be? That's right. Yep, that's right. I was going to have more saves than a Baptist preacher. I was ready. <laughs> Game starts. Within five minutes, I get my first chance. Ball comes in. It's coming in hard. <laughs> Hits me right in the chest. Save, you know, great save. Amazing. Legendary. But the ball hit me right in the chest, and it knocked the wind out of me. I never experienced that before in my life. And I'm like in pain. I'm having trouble breathing. I run off the field, of course, crying. I go straight to my mom. And all of a sudden... Soccer, what I thought was going to be a ton of fun, sure was a lot harder than I thought. And within five minutes of a truly glorious soccer career, <laughs> I decided I was going to quit. I was done. Never wanted to play soccer again. And truly, I haven't. So <laughs> just not playing soccer, all right? Just not going to do it. We've all had that, those experiences or experiences like that. You know, life gets hard sometimes. And maybe you're here today and you're walking through a situation and, and you've experienced that. Maybe it's a marriage and it's getting more difficult and you, know, you feel like giving, it up, giving up or maybe you're, you know, you're fighting these health battles and you're just like, man, I'm like, just tired of this. Or, or maybe God has a call on your life, but because of some discouragement, you're ready to quit. 
I just think about what we've been through over the last year, and you know, there were moments where it got hard for every one of us. It got hard for me, and there were times where I thought, you know, I sure feel like giving up. And today, I just I want to talk to you about this idea of perseverance. What do we do when life gets hard? I think the easiest thing for us to do when it gets tough is to quit. And maybe the hardest thing for us to do is to do what the book of Hebrews is encouraging us to do today, and that is to persevere, to hang on, to keep on going. And the book of Hebrews today is going to encourage us that as Christians, we don't quit. We don't give up. We keep going after everything that God has for us. Are you with me, church? That's the call that God has on our lives today. We fight, we persevere, we keep running the race. And that's our message today. The message today is to go after everything you believe in with faith, hope, and love, and to persevere. Take a look at me, Hebrews 10, 19 and following. We're going to read it together. Hebrews 10, 19 to the end of the chapter. This is what it says, the word of the Lord. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day, that's the capital D day, the day Jesus comes, approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone, who de someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession, better and lasting possessions. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he, Jesus, who is coming, will come 
and he will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word today. Thank you that it, it challenges us, it motivates us. Uh, God, we need your spirit. Um, I just love what Tom prayed, that you give us your Holy Spirit and it produces good fruit in our, in our life. And so we come boldly today to ask for the strength to persevere, to walk through hard times, trusting that your grace truly is going to be enough for us. So we ask for your grace today, God, as we hear. We ask for your grace as we speak. Father, do a powerful work in our hearts today. We want to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. And number one, we need our lives changed by Jesus, and I need my life changed by Jesus. So help us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so talking a little bit about this temptation to quit, temptation to give up. And sometimes we need a little bit of motivation. We need that locker room speech. And so our author comes out with just some motivation for us right here at the beginning in verse 19. And his first thought is really simple, and that is, now is the time to go after it. Now's the time. Don't wait. <laughs> Don't give up. Now's the time. Go after everything God has for your life. Check out the first paragraph, which is Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. So really, this passage we read, it's a long passage. There's three paragraphs, each paragraph. We're going to look at each one of those as we go through here. And paragraph number one is just motivating us. Now's the time to go after it. Don't wait. Go after everything God has for your life. Hebrews 10, 19. Scott mentioned last week, we're coming to a transition point. So that's happening right here in verse 19. It's a major turning point in the book of Hebrews. We're actually going from uh, the theology in the book of Hebrews, which is all about Jesus. Jesus is better. He's amazing. He's the greater sacrifice. It's been some really awesome theology for our lives. And now he's turning in chapter 10 to application. Here's how we live it out. You see this in a lot of books of the Bible, don't you? First half's theology, then it closes with application. That's what's happening here. And if you look at the first paragraph, it really has five bullet points for us. The first two of those bullet points say, since we have. It's looking back to what we've learned in the book of Hebrews. It's looking back to the theology. Since we have this, since we have this, and then it's going to say, let us do this. Let us apply this. Let us this, let us this. So that's kind of the structure of the first paragraph. Look at verse 19. Two things we have. Number one, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way opened for us through the curtain. That is his body. Have we talked about blood, the blood of Jesus? Yeah, that's right. Don't want to pass out here. It goes back to a story. Okay. Verse 20. Since we have a great priest over the house of God. It goes back to a lot of the theology of the book of Hebrews. We have a great sacrifice and a great priest. And that really summarizes the main message of the book of Hebrews. The, the priestly ministry of Jesus. Kind of the main point. Hebrews 8.1 
I love this verse. It says, now the main point of what we're saying is this. Don't you wish sometimes the Bible would just tell you what the main point is? Like, what is the main point of this? Well, he says it. Hebrews 8.1. The main point of what we're saying is we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. And so here is the message of the book of Hebrews. We have access to heaven because of the priestly ministry of Jesus. We have access behind the veil into heaven itself because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That is a powerful, powerful truth. And now we have the opportunity to begin to apply that truth to our life. And our author is going to do that with the next three bullet points. And, and each one begins with two words, let us. This is the word of exhortation for us. The next three bullet points. Verse 22, let us draw near to God. Right? Jesus has made a way to the very presence of God. So let's do that, guys. Let's, now is the time to draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. How beautiful is that? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Aren't you glad we have a faithful God? He's so faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. That's that holy habit of meeting together. Let's not give up that holy habit of meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I think we all see that day approaching, don't we? Day is coming. See, isn't this interesting? How our author lays this out? He's saying, let's go after everything God has for us. Let's go after it with faith. Let's go after it with hope, and let's go after it with love. Do you see those three words in our passage? Faith, hope, and love. Isn't it amazing how many times in our Bibles those three words show up together? Faith, hope, and love. If you look back in Hebrews 6, it's there. Probably the most famous is 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Now's the time, guys. Let's go after everything God has for us. And let's go after it with faith, hope, and love. Let's draw near to God with a full assurance of faith. Because all of our sins have been washed away. He's cleansed us. Let's, Let's go behind the veil. Let's seek His presence. As we look to the future, let's look forward with hope. Let's not be discouraged because God is faithful. And and let's not do this by ourselves. Let's get together in a community of believers. Let's gather on Sunday mornings in small groups. And let's encourage one another to love people, to really love people. Now is the time to live this out. And if you want a preview of what's to come, we're in chapter 10. And there's three more chapters left in the book of Hebrews. 11, 12, and 13. So really quick preview. Chapter 11 is going to be all about faith. 
I know you've all been waiting for chapter 11 since we started the study. You're like, when are we getting to the Hall of Faith? That's one of the best chapters in the entire Bible. The Hall of Faith. Chapter 12 is all about our hope. Uh, let's, let's look to Jesus. Let, looking to the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's run the race with perseverance to our heavenly home to the city of the living god you're going to see this hope shining through in hebrews chapter 12 and then what's hebrews 13 about can you guys guess you know it love hebrews 13 1 says sorry get preaching here hebrews 13 1 says the very first verse keep on loving one another faith hope and love guys that's where we're going so we get a sense here of what we're going after. But the big idea is this. Now's the time. Now is the time to go after everything that God has for your life. Not yesterday. Not tomorrow. Today. Now. Let's do this. Let's go after everything God has for us. Because Jesus has done something amazing. That's the whole first half. Because of Jesus, we have forgiveness of sins. Because of Jesus, hope for eternal life. We have the presence of God. We have a community of faith. So don't wait. Go after the things that God has for your life. I think about the last year. It's been a tough year. Pandemic of 2020, 2021, it's been tough. And it's affected each one of us in different ways. But I think one thing's probably true of every one of us. We've had a moment where we wanted to give up. And I've had those moments, you've had those moments, no one here is alone in that. And here's what I've noticed over the last year, when I've had moments where I was like, you know what, I'm ready to quit, I'm ready to give up. And God keeps saying, no, persevere, keep going, don't give up. And when I've looked at what's going on in my own heart in those moments when I'm ready to give up, you know what I found? I found that something was missing in my heart. And it was either faith, I'm not trusting Jesus. It was hope. Maybe I'm missing hope. I'm discouraged. Or it's love. I don't see the opportunities that God has put in my life to love people. And so I just want to encourage you today. If you're thinking, I just can't do this anymore. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to quit. And God's just saying, persevere. I want you to shine a flashlight on your heart. And go, what's missing in my heart today? Is it faith? Maybe I'm not trusting God. Is it hope? Have I lost hope? Or is it love? Have I lost sight of the opportunities right in front of me to love people and make a difference? I guarantee when you feel like giving up, one of those three characteristics is missing in your heart because it, it has been in mine. See, now is the time, guys, to go after everything that, that God has for us. And how do we get that faith? How do we get the faith, hope, and love? It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Right? Let's, let's allow the Holy Spirit of God to awaken in our hearts the passion and the drive to persevere. Hebrews says, let's come boldly before the throne of grace. And let's not do it by ourselves. Let's do it with a community of believers spurring us on. Because I'm telling you today, God has something big for your life. If it wasn't big, it wouldn't be hard. Amen? God has something big 
for your life. So let's go after it today. Don't give up. Don't wait for it. Come now. Come boldly. Don't give up. Now's the time to go after what we believe in with faith, hope, and love and to persevere. Number two. Number two, don't quit. Talking about perseverance, don't quit. And I think we've already seen how Hebrews has been building up to this. We even see that in the previous paragraph. We have uh, phrases like, draw near with full assurance. We wouldn't say that unless people were struggling with assurance. He, he says stuff like, hold unswervingly. Don't give up meeting together. Spur one another on. It's the theme of giving up that we've seen over and over again in the book of Hebrews. And we've also seen these sobering warning passages where the author warns us of the dangers of giving up. And today, we, we, we saw this as we, we did our scripture reading. You know, there is a sobering warning here. This is the fourth warning passage in the five warning passages scattered throughout the book of Hebrews. And our author is warning us that when it comes to our faith in Jesus, quitting is not an option. So I, I want to read this warning one more time. And, and this is really a warning that's troubled many Christians. When you read warnings like this, it can be very troubling. This is what Hebrews 10, 26-31 says, our second paragraph. Verse 26. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth... No sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses, so he's talking about the Old Testament here, anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? Wow, who's treated as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, this is what God said in the Old Testament, it's mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of of the living God. Wow. That's tough, isn't it? What do you think that passage is saying? Is that saying that after you become a Christian, if you sin, after you've come to the knowledge of the truth, you willfully sin against God, that's it, it's over, no sacrifice for sins is left, you're done? Is that what it's saying? Gosh, I hope not. We'd all be in trouble, right? Every one of us. Is that what it's saying? You know, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking about Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is written by David. David, who's called a man after God's own heart. This is what he writes in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion the love and compassion of God, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. That's just a great description of my life, just me. It's a description of our lives on this side of eternity. Our sin is always before us. 
So here's David, a man after God's own heart, Psalm 51, confessing his sins to a loving God. And by the way, do you remember what the, the story here? What's the sin David is, is repenting of? Does anybody know? What is it again? Adultery and murder. That is, those are willful and deliberate sins, aren't they? It's not like he just fell off a cliff, okay? And yet even David can say at the, psalm, at the end of the psalm, after adultery and murder, he can say, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. I don't know what, what's in your past. Or I just think about my own life. What an amazing truth. A broken and contrite heart he will not despise. I love that. It's the grace of our God. John echoes God's forgiveness towards believers in 1 John 2, 1 through 2. I write this to you, speaking to Christians, so that you will not sin. That's the vision for our lives as believers, that we will not sin. Then he says, but if anybody does, and we will, what is he saying? That's it. You're done. No more sacrifice for sin. It's actually just the opposite. He says, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's the message of the book of Hebrews right there. If we sin, we have a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus, the righteous one. In fact, the great, great promise of 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, what? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So let's go back to our verse. What does this verse mean in Hebrews 26? If we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. What could that mean? Well, the sin we're talking about in this passage is nothing less than the sin we've been talking about this entire series. It's the sin of unbelief. It's the sin of apostasy. It's the sin of walking away from Jesus. We could almost say it's the sin of just saying, I'm done. I quit. I'm done with Jesus. Remember, Hebrews is written to Jewish believers. And many of these believers, because it had gotten hard to follow Christ. They were ready to walk away from the faith. There was a temple at the time. There were sacrifices. And our author is saying, if you go back to those sacrifices, saying, guess what? Those sacrifices are a shadow that points us to Jesus. And who is Jesus? Jesus is the final sacrifice for sins. He is the once and for all sacrifice for all time. So if you leave this altar and go back, there is no sacrifice for sins left because Jesus is the sacrifice. In other words, it's Jesus or it's eternal loss. It's Jesus and forgiveness or it's the fearful expectation of judgment. That's what Hebrews is laying out for every one of us today. You say, I don't need Jesus. You spurn the Son of God. What else remains for you? Where else are you going to find 
forgiveness, but the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And if you say, I don't need that, well, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Where else are we going to go? It's a sobering, sobering warning. And by the way, we need that warning today to remind ourselves to persevere. Don't quit. Don't give up on Jesus. Go after everything you believe in, faith, hope, and love. We need to persevere. We need to persevere, church. And one of the things that demonstrates you're a believer in the Bible is perseverance. It's one of those fruits of the Spirit. Isn't it interesting that when we go, hard thing, go through hard things, it has a way of revealing who we are, both positively and negatively? We mentioned a few weeks ago that when we see people go through hard things in their life and we see them walk away from Jesus, like we've been talking about, it's not that they were saved and they lost their salvation. It's that we're now seeing they never were really saved to begin with. The difficulty has revealed the state of their heart. See, our difficulty in life, suffering, it has a way of revealing things in our, our lives. It could be negative, but it can be positive. It can reveal our strength. It can reveal determination. It can reveal a drive to persevere. Maya Angelou once said, and I just... This is a great quote. It says, you may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so that you can know who you are. Don't you love that? You may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so you can know who you are. Do you know who you are, follower of Jesus, today? See, God's done too much in your life. He has too much ahead of you for you to quit now. Take a look with me at verse 32. This is the motivation we need. See, there was a strong warning. Every time there's a warning in Hebrews, he comes back with, but I believe better things for you. We're going to see that here. Take a look with me at verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering, Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. So his motivation here just starts with a reminder of what they've been through with Jesus. Do you realize what God's done in your life? You endured a great conflict. You suffered persecution. You lived in a culture where they insulted Christians. Christians were put in prison. You went to visit them. You joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> You've been through too much with Jesus to walk away now. 
See, that's the motivation we need. When difficulty comes our way, when we're not sure if we can keep going, I want you to dig deep and to remember what Jesus has brought you through. David Goggins has earned the reputation as the toughest man alive. Consider this. He's the only member of the U.S. Armed Forces to compete, complete SEAL training, Ranger School, Air Force Tactical. Only member of the U.S. Armed Forces to ever complete all three. He doesn't just do marathons, he competes in ultra-marathons, ultra-endurance events. Um, I, I don't know why anybody would do this, but <laughs> he wanted to set the record for the most number of pull-ups in a 24-hour period. Okay, pull-ups are like the hardest thing in the world. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about? In a 24-hour period, he did over 4,000. <laughs> and then he just stopped using his arms for like, no, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I really don't. You better believe that there are many times where David Goggins wants to quit. I'm sure there was a moment at about 3,000 he was about ready to break. Or maybe, you know, if it was me, it's like seven. What does the toughest man do alive do when he's ready to break? You know what he says? He says he reaches for his cookie jar. What's the cookie jar? We had a youth event last night. I've never seen Oreo cookies go so quickly. <laughs> he's not talking about Oreos, cookie, cookie jar. But he, he has something that he calls his cookie jar. And when he's ready to break, when he's ready to quit, he says he reaches for the cookie jar. What's the cookie jar? His cookie jar, and this is what he says, he says it's every setback he's overcome. When he's ready to give up, that's what he reaches for. He reminds himself, he's a Navy SEAL who's completed Hell Week three times. He's been through that pain before, and he survived. And that's the cookie jar he reaches for when he's ready to break. What's our author say? Remember the earlier days. Remember what you've been through, follower of Jesus. Remember what you've overcome. If you're ready to give up today, remember what Jesus has brought you through. Remember who God is. And by his grace, what he's done in your life. You've come too far to give up today. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. He moves from the past to the future. Verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. For in just a little while, he's who's he who is coming will come and will not delay. He's coming again. And he will reign. 
Verse 38. My righteous one will live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. These are quotes from Habakkuk. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Are we those who shrink back? Is that who we are? No. We're those who walk by faith. That's who you are. That's who we are. See, the warning was strong, but the assurance is even stronger. Our hope is in Jesus. And when life gets hard and you're looking for motivation, remember the reward is coming. The day is coming. Jesus is coming. Your victory is just up ahead. Don't give up now. You're just almost there. The challenge right now is we need to persevere. One of the greatest stories of perseverance is the story of Abraham Lincoln. This is crazy. 1831, he lost his job. That's a tough thing to go through. 1832, defeated for state legislature. 1833, failed in business. That's, these are some tough years. 1835, his sweetheart died. And then in 36, nervous breakdown. I think I would too. 1838, defeated. 1843, defeated. 1848, defeated. 1849, rejected. 1854, defeated. 1856, defeated. 1858, defeated. 1860, President of the United States. Wow. What got him there? Perseverance. In fact, Abraham Lincoln famously said, you can't fail if you don't quit. <laughs> Guys, that is the truth of the Christian life. The truth of the Christian life is you can't fail if you don't quit. We need to persevere. We need to keep going. And maybe what God's saying to you today is as simple as keep going. Hang on. Don't give up. The victory is coming. What if Lincoln would have given up at 1854? Never would have been president. Don't give up. Don't quit. Isn't it amazing? In the end, we win if we just persevere. That's really the Christian life. You don't have to be the fa fastest runner. Just don't quit. Keep persevering. And that's what Hebrews is about. It's about going after everything we believe in. Faith, hope, and love. We don't quit. We persevere to the very end. And we await that day when Jesus comes in a glorious victory. And he makes everything right. Let me pray for you today. God, these are challenging days, challenging seasons. Sometimes we, we just wonder if we have the strength to endure. And God, I want to thank you that you're a God who loves us so much. That you give strength to the weary so that we can run and not grow faint. And so that I pray today by the Holy Spirit that you would awaken of deep faith in our hearts, a deep hope, and a deep love. God, let us spur one another on as a community of believers so that we all finish the race. We're not going to give up. 
But we need you, God. We need the strength that only you can supply. So would you set a fire in our hearts, a passion, and would you set it afire, Lord, so that we can live wholeheartedly for you today. We love you, God. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins. We come today, God, our sin is ever before us, but we thank you that we have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. It's like a non-stick pan. It's gone. It can't stick because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we thank you for the power of your forgiveness, the once and for all sacrifice for sins. So God, would you cleanse us of our sins? Would you give us the strength? And would your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives every single day, Lord? Thank you that you're coming again and you will get the victory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh.